Welcome into an off-season edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down everything District 3 in the state of Idaho. Uh, most weeks, Brandon Bainey with Logan Green. Just because it's the summer, we don't take any weeks off, Logan. Yeah, no. The boss has a, has a slaving away over here. Yes, he really uh, puts us to the grindstone. So we thought a cool idea throughout the summer would be to bring on different guests, coaches, athletes, parents, administrators, uh, some of the biggest uh, story makers of the past year. These are people and and places we were talking about a lot on the prep cast over the past year. So uh, without further ado, let's bring in our next guests. We've got two of them. It's the notice pirates duo of Joe Woodland and his son, Carter Woodland Woodland fellas. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you. Good to see you guys. Carter. How are you? Pretty good. How about you? Yeah. Hey, can't complain. Can't complain. I'm talking to some of Notice's best and brightest. Uh, for people that have never been to Notice, describe it to like people from other parts of the state. We hear Notice all the time, but what, what's the community like? It is a booming metropolis of about 400 people. Um, we're actually pretty close to Parma. We're pretty close to Caldwell. Um, kind of a little gem out there. There's um, tons of expansion and tons of building going on in this area, but Notice has pretty much kept that small town feel. Um, school's still fairly small. Um, good community. Everybody comes out for sports and uh, especially Friday nights. Yeah, Logan, you've actually been to Notice to broadcast before yeah. for IdahoSports.com. Yeah, I live in Middleton, so I'm just down the road, really not that that far away. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it's a great environment. I just think it, there's a lot of great places around the state, but I, I mean, I'll tell you it's, it's at the one a level there. You don't, you don't beat it. Um, I, I think of Oakley where they back in the trucks and have people sitting on couches in their flat beds, but I really like notice it has a great, it's one of the best places to broadcast from because you have that little perch right up there above where the press box is. And you're almost looking down. You're almost above the players there. So it's a unique perspective as a broadcaster. Cause you can kind of, just look below and, and see what, you know, it's on the notice side there and, and see what's going on. And, and it's cool. You got the cornfields back behind it. It's a great site there at notice. Yeah. It's really cool to, to, to watch and look at. So Joe, uh, how long have you been the head football coach at notice for four years? This will be my fifth year. Okay. Were you, were you an assistant prior to that? Were you at a different school? Nope. Uh, I actually, um, graduated from notice um, played football there. And then when my son started playing football, we took him to Middleton um, because they had the, the little guys that they, they let them play when they're third and fourth graders. And so I took a group of kids over that way. We started at Middleton and I've just followed that group up. I was fortunate then that when Carter was an eighth grader, um, the varsity job opened up. I was coaching junior high at notice at the time. Um, so I, I missed out on a year of coaching him in junior high, but I was able to get the varsity job and, um, coach some of the kids that, that are a year ahead of him that I'd, I'd coached in the past. So yeah, Carter, what, yeah, Carter, what's that been like to have your dad kind of there every step of the way as you've gone through your football career? It's been pretty fun to be honest. Uh, definitely a lot more work on the uh, background besides actually playing. Uh, we do a lot of banner work. We do a lot of uh, community service stuff. And so I get to plan all that along with him. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about some of the community service projects you've done. Uh, one of our main ones is picking up scrap metal in the community. So we'll uh, take a trailer, we'll run around to all the different farmlands around here, and then go in town. We'll just pick up any old washing machines, fridges, 
or just random scrap metal they just throw out and they don't want to keep around anymore. That's uh, that's that sneaky conditioning, right, Joe, where they're lifting heavy fridges <laughs> and appliances. They don't even know they're getting a workout, right? Yeah, one of the one of the requirements is uh, to play play football. I noticed you've got to give back to your community. So uh, they all work in the community garden every year. That's at the school. Uh, looks like we lost Joe and Carter there for a second, Logan. Yeah, it's it's just buffering. It'll come mm. back around here in a minute. Yeah, I hope. But I mean, I've seen some of the stuff that Notice has done. If you follow them on their social media pages, they're pretty good at at showing that stuff. Like on their, they have like a Notice Pirates. I think it's their Facebook page, and I've actually seen pictures of them doing the drop off, having the trailer out there, and that's kind of cool to see. Yeah, it's. Uh... That's really cool. I like that as having that as a requirement for your team. Yeah. Right. And I mean, even like I told my kids, I mean, my flag football second graders, you know, I told their parents, I said, Hey, look, kids, if you're mean to your mom and dad and you don't listen, I don't want you to play on my football team. And I would do the same thing to my son say, Hey, look, I'm I'll, I'll go coach them, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring you if you're going to be mean and rude. And it sounds like they've, you know, not exactly that, but Look, kids, if you're not going to give back to the town and to our community, then you don't play. And that's a great, I mean, it's a great thing to instill at a young age, right? To where they're they're learning to do that. And then you got to think they'll take that and, and use that in the future as well. For sure. Let's see if we've got them back on the uh, the line here. Joe Woodland, head football coach from Notice, and his son Carter Woodland, uh, running back uh, for the football team. Great track and field athlete as well. And we'll, we'll talk about the track season you had this past spring in just a little bit, Carter. Um, so you were, you were talking about the community garden. Um, is that a, a school-affiliated thing, or is it really a community-owned venture that you guys just help out with? Uh, it's just something that we help out with. It's actually at the school. It's located at the school. Um, but every year we'll go and weed the garden or do any uh, community service that they need in there. Um, we assist with the food pantry as well. That's great. I love that uh, there's that component to being a football player for notice because it's a privilege, right? There's certain things you got to do. And if you're not willing to do those other things, then uh, there's not a spot for you. I really like that. Um, let, let's talk about what's been going on at Notice Football because you've strung together some really impressive seasons the last couple of years. What did it take to get Notice to the top of of the conference to where coming in year in, year out, Notice is the team that everybody's looking at saying, that's the team we need to beat if we want to win the league title? Oh, I, I think it comes in waves. Um all the coaches in our conference are good coaches. Um, and, and a lot of times when you have the guys and you have the talent, um, it makes the coaching job really easy. Um, my first couple of years, Idaho City, Wilder, um, those were the teams. They had the guys, um, excellent coaching staff over there. Both both those, those, those guys have been really good mentors for me. So um, fortunately, we've had some pretty good junior and senior classes, and you have those upperclassmen that have been in the system for a while. Um, and it really helps. So early on in my my first couple of years at Notice, I was starting a lot of sophomores, a lot of freshmen, um, knowing that we were going to kind of take our beatings and come come senior year when they're bigger, stronger, faster, and they have the knowledge base. Um, we were hoping that that would pay off. And we've been fortunate that the last couple of years, we've been relatively healthy and, and it's paid off for us. 
Yeah, I would say a big key to your success the last couple of years has been you've had some really good linemen and some really big dudes. Carter, what's it been like to run behind some of those guys? You know, I think of like um, Kellen Parks and, you know, Gallegos is a dude on the line. What, what's it been like to have some great offensive linemen in front of you to create those holes? It's really nice. It's like running behind a giant moving brick wall. <laughs> and so that lets me do a lot of extra stuff on my run game which causes them to bite in a little deeper and scooch up, which then opens up our passing game. So it's just all around just a great thing to have. Yeah, so explain that a little more. So if if your linemen get a good push off the line, that allows you to maybe go to a secondary move or develop a little later? How, How does that affect you as the run develops? What it does mostly is it lets me get out there in space where it's a one on one or one on two. And because of my speed and able to do all sorts of random moves to simple jab steps that get me gone towards the touchdown. Okay. How many tools you got in the toolbox? How many moves do you have at your disposal? Uh, generally around two or three that I'll throw out there uh, consistently, just depending on what spot of the field I'm at. Is there, is there a go-to move? Like if, if, if you need a first down to win the game and there's one guy standing between you and the first down marker, do you have a go-to move that you're going to pull out? If it's just a one-on-one like that, generally, I'm just going to get as much speed as I can and drive right through. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Plow drive. So so I got a question, Joe. You were talking about you you had those kids at Middleton, right? And you were, you were playing in Middleton, and then you come back over. So with those kids, they were, they were learning the game at an 11-man level, right, in Middleton. So how does that compare when they grow up? And, and maybe, Carter, you were like that too, where you go from playing 11 and then you go on to play 8. I know there, there is a little bit of a difference. The field may be a little more open. Just do you have any insights to that and how those two games compare to each other? Yeah, so we get beat up pretty good when we played over in that, in, in that league um, because we're bringing a much smaller team over there, um, you know, 15, 16 kids competing against 20 to 25 kids. Mm-hmm. And I'd tell those guys, hey, for right now, you're taking your lumps. But here in a couple of years, uh, um, we're going to be playing schools that are our size. Um, the field's going to open up. There's, you know, three less, three less people on both sides of the ball. And you get a lot of more, a lot more one-on-one situations. So um, some of those kids that took some convincing, Hey, just stay with the process, trust the process. We're going to be fine. Um, You know, and changing the culture helps quite a bit too. So um, those guys, I I told the seniors that graduated, you guys put as much work into the future, the future wins that we're going to have. And, and, and those are attributed to you as well because you changed culture around here. Yeah, are you seeing like younger kids notice what uh, pun no pun intended notice what is going on with the program now? Maybe that maybe five six years ago you didn't see as much interest from those lower you know the third to the sixth graders, but now they are interested in playing football. Seeing what your team has been doing the last couple of years. Yeah, we've had a pretty good turnout in junior high. Uh, the biggest difference I think that we've seen uh, at the coaching level is my first year trying to get kids in the weight room was really tough. I'd have maybe a handful of kids and I had, uh, I, I told them if you can lift um, a thousand pounds on, on four lifts, you know, I'd give them the lifts. Um, I'll make you a shirt. It'll say, you know, a thousand pound club. I'll put the number of, of weight that you lifted. Um, my first year, one kid I had one kid that, that could lift a thousand pounds on his combined lifts. Now, like this, this week we've been lifting all week and get ready for camp. Um, I think we had 18 or 20 in there yesterday. Um, I probably got eight or 10 kids that'll, that'll make the thousand pound club this year. Um, 
being bigger, stronger, and faster, 17-year-old kids or 17-year-old kids, something. I mean, you have to do something different um, to give yourself an edge. And, you know, we really try and convince them you got to get in the weight room. Yeah, so you mentioned you've got a busy summer schedule coming up, right? Just because it's the summer, no time off. What what does the summer schedule look like for notice football? Um, so right now we, we've been lifting ever, you know, state track ends, state baseball ends, uh, Saturday, Sunday off and football starts Monday. <laughs> that's, that's how it works for me. Um, so we, we've been lifting ever, uh, I open the weight room for all athletes at the school, um, regardless of sport, um, gender, everybody's welcome in the, in the evenings. So I pop the doors on that. So they've been lifting for quite a while, but right now after our, our lift, we go out on the field, um, just prepping for camp, doing some install. Um, we've graduated quite a, quite a few pretty good athletes, graduated our quarterback, our four-year starter. Um, so we'll get that install done this next week. And then we're headed to Idaho state university, um, 13, 14th and 15th for camp. Cool. That's going to be a lot of fun. I love that you opened the weight room for all of the athletes because there's some really good, uh, girls athletics programs at notice. Their softball team was awesome this past spring. Uh, Logan and I got to cover notice girls basketball at the one AD one state basketball tournament. Some of those girls are tough, you know, Victoria Ortega, I think of, and, um, you know, Kudabak and there's, there's some tough athletes on, on the girl side at notice as well. It, it, does that help when you've got male and female athletes both excelling, they kind of push each other. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't go to the school there. I don't work at the school or anything, but I'm sure there's a little bit of competitive banter that occurs. I would, I would imagine in the hallways. We'll find, great. we'll find out Carter Carter's in the hallways, Carter. What, what's the yeah. camaraderie like? It's crazy. Uh, especially if like you have dual seasons going on at the same time, like a uh, track and softball recently, uh, they'd get a win and then we'd have like our, our team rankings would be second or third. And there'd be a lot of playful banter from there, uh, especially from girls softball and girls track. They would yell at each other because they're trying to recruit and they're trying to convince them to switch teams. <laughs> Does that happen a lot Over where here. one, one athlete jumps to another sport in the middle of the season? I noticed you pretty much play, really. play both. Um, if there's a sport going on, when I went to high school there, we had a, we had baseball, so I'd do track and baseball at the same time. If there's a sport to be played, most of the kids kids are doing it. Gotcha. So, Joe, you graduated from Notice what year? 1998. Okay. What? How has the school or the culture changed it's from then to now? Um, it's it's not a whole lot different. I mean. Our enrollment's actually less this year than it was when I graduated. Um, and other than Tim Dranganis, the AD for 30 years and football and basketball coach for 30 years leaving, um, there's a few new faces. There's actually a teacher that just retired this year, Paul Pascal, uh, who taught me in class and taught my oldest daughter, Mackenzie and Carter. And um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, long state folks that are that are still there. That's really cool. Um, let's talk about the, the football season you had last fall. You had a great regular season and you get into the postseason. You're playing in the quarterfinals against Butte County, a team that was really good and bad luck strikes on, was it the first play or the first couple of plays? I think it was our second offensive se- or defensive series. Yeah. So, so what happened to your team and how did you try to adjust from what happened? Um, so our four-year starter and, and quarterback starter and our linebacker, Caden Clemens, broke down to make a tackle like he'd done, you know, a million other times and ended up uh, tearing his ACL and MCL. And um, so our, our backup QB, 14 year old freshman 
Uh, Benny Guevara went out there. We adjusted the offense a little bit. Um, I thought he handled the pressure really well. Um, but when you're playing a really, really good team like Butte County um, and and you cut your playbook, you know, down quite a bit, that those guys are going to capitalize on it. They're a good team, and I'm not making an excuse, you know, that with Caden we win that game. But when you when you cut a lot of your, your plays out and, you know, one of your two-way starters, that really impacts you. Yeah, Carter, what, what was it like in that huddle when Benny comes in and a, a little green in terms of experience? How did that go? Uh, having Benny in there wasn't really the issue. It was just the injury from Caden's uh, knee that caused it. It was just a drop in morale would be my guess, uh, especially some of our other older guys that were best friends with him. You know, they always hung out. I could tell that they definitely were a little more down after that. And so then, you know, that leads to more accidents happening more misplays, which just catapults into a lot of bad stuff. Kind of snowballed on us. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Benny Ham composed himself. I thought he I thought he played a pretty good game. We threw a couple of really nice long balls. Um, he actually had to step in on defense because he was our, our backup linebacker on defense. And um, I was really proud of that kid. Yeah, so you mentioned when, when a guy goes out with an injury, a lot of times you're filling not just the one spot, but you're filling a, a spot on the other side of the ball and possibly a special teams position as well. How do you... How do you combat the numbers game at notice? Uh, I think that's the that's the uh, the the key to eight man football. If you ask anybody in the preseason polls, hey, how are you guys looking this year? Uh, most most teams that are going to be okay will be if we can stay healthy, we'll be all right. And that is universal in eight man football. When your numbers, you know, for most teams, twenty is kind of that number. Um, on a great year, you're twenty eight. On a, on a low year, you're at 15 on your team. Um, so you lose one or two dudes, and that, that can make or break your season for sure. And I think that'll that'll be said across the board if you interview pretty much any any eight-man coach or team. For sure. So, Carter, how, how motivated are you and <clears throat> the, the players that are coming back to know that we, we were there and we were at the table and we just had some bad luck? How motivated are you guys this offseason? We're really getting into it, especially us seniors. We realize this is our last year, and we're ready to give everything we got. So, uh, oh, go ahead, Logan. I was going to say, like, when you look at your season now, is there is there a game that that notice you have to win that game, right? Like, that's your rival. I don't know if it if it's Wilder that's right down the road or who it is, um, but is there a team that you look ahead of time? Um, and say you want to beat, maybe that's your regular season goal. And obviously the goal is to win a state championship, right? But but who's that team that you want to beat in the regular season? Oh, I don't know. I, th- I think we look at all our conference games, and I would say that all the coaches in the conference want to win the conference. Um, right. That's that's the first steps into getting into the state playoffs. And um, I, I don't know that there's one one rival more than the other. We're, we're all fairly close in, in proximity. Um the kids pretty much all do all the sports together and they really get know along. Each other, yeah. Yeah. You go to a track meet and, you know, notice is hanging out with the wild kids, I know city kids, Greenleaf kids, Rimrock kids, and, you know, they're helping each other out in their events. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to ask about the conference. Um, as a whole, because it seems like in one, a football district three has had a tough time getting traction against, you know, the white pine league always has really good teams and Oakley and raft river and out of district four and, and even East Idaho in years, 
do you feel like as the conference champ, you're carrying the weight of not just your school and your team, but really your league? I mean, in terms of trying to break through at the state level and, and take some of those titles away from up north and in, and in the east? Uh, go ahead and say that one more time. The internet really broke up as you were talking there, Joe. Sorry, I, I lost you on that one. You were asking about our conference or the White Pine League. I heard a little bit of that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I was going to ask, you know, I, I feel like uh, it's been really hard for District 3 to break through uh, at state. You know, the White Pine League always has really good teams. Oakley and Raptor River from District 4. Do you feel like when you get to the playoffs that you're carrying the torch, not just for notice, but for District 3 as well, your conference? Yeah, I think some of the scheduling that, that a lot of the teams do um, is done based on proximity or where you live. Like we'll set, schedule certain teams during the regular season that are close by because the bus rides are so long, especially for some of these long, you know, these, these eight man teams. Um, and after the last two seasons losing in the first round, um, our staff got together. We recognized that. Um, and so we've scheduled a, but we've, we've redone our schedule for the most part. Um, we have Kendrick in our opener, D2 uh, state champs last year. We're going to play at Middleton. Um, we scheduled Clearwater Valley this year. Council is much improved, and they're going to be a handful, so we have them again. Um, so, yeah, we look to get a, a few more competitive games on our non-conference games. Um, but as, as far as conference goes, um, like I said earlier, it, it just comes in waves. Um, we Our conference can be down for a year or two, and then next thing you know, Wilders play in and lose by two to Valley in the in the state semis. So um, those two, even though uh, I see and Wilder and Rimrock haven't made the playoffs in the last couple of season, um, they're primed to make primed to make another run. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Carter, let's talk about track and field. This past spring, you were busy at state. You were up on the podium what four times? Yeah. Uh, you talking twenty one? Yeah, twenty one. I was yeah. So tell us what events you compete in and how, how you did at state track. Uh, this year I pulled a hamstring, so I didn't. Okay, uh, so what I was looking at must have been from twenty one. Yeah, so yeah, in twenty in twenty one he made it in all four of his events, and then in uh, conference this year um, during the long jump he tweaked his hand. They uh, they were able to hardship him in a couple of his events because of his he was seated so high in the state, and then um, just. Tried to warm up at state and just wasn't able to go. That's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. That's really unfortunate. I got what, one more year. I'm not too down about it. I love your uh, optimism, Carter. It's it's really refreshing because it's it's hard to get or it's easy to get down about that. But uh, you're so positive. I love that. What are what are the events uh, that you compete in? Long jump certainly, um, but you uh, do triple some... jump, and yep. then uh, the hundred meter. Last year I did the two hundred, but this year we got a four by one team together. Okay, so uh, the four by one's always fun. Where do you where were you running on the four by one? Anchor, anchor, of course. I didn't even have to ask. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, Carter. The summer going into your senior year is usually the time when you start to try to figure out, okay, what am I going to do after 
high school? Am I going to try to pursue sports? Am I going to try to pursue college? What What's going on with you in terms of planning for that next stage of your life? Pretty much zero clue anywhere. We're looking into a pharmaceutical program with uh, CASA, but that's about it. I just know I want to go to college, and then if I can get some scholarship for sports, that would be really nice. Definitely. So pharmaceutical, is that kind of the career path you want to go into? Um, not necessarily. It's just something that opened up that I wanted to look into. Okay. Uh, Joe, as a football coach, what's it been like to, I feel like we're just kind of slowly getting back to normal with recruiting, right? The pandemic really put a damper on things. Coaches couldn't come watch or meet athletes in person. What, what have you seen from your perspective in terms of how college recruiting is going for athletes? Um, so, you know, uh, College Ride Hub there in Caldwell has been really good even during the pandemic. They reach out, they invite us to games. Um, really, for the most part, uh, like you said, fo uh, folks will ask for film, and that's been kind of the, the recruiting process is, hey, do you have film on this guy? And we haven't had a whole lot of folks show up to different games. Um, Carter's had quite a bit of folks in contact with him for track and field, uh, more so than football. So Carter, um, what are some goals that you've set? Obviously there's the team goals, but have you set any individual goals for this upcoming season? Uh, well, one of them is uh, our, our record board. I noticed that I was pretty close to getting the uh, total touchdown record. And uh, last year I broke the kick return and punt return record. So beating that once over would be pretty nice. So, so were those single game records, season total, career totals? Season. Okay. Um, so so I, I have a question. All right. So in, in a game, right, we, we always hear the adage of, you know, that that play changed the game. Um, and is that something that you guys find true? I, I just, I, I literally, I talk about it all the time. So I did your game two years ago against Idaho city. Um, I think it was homecoming, um, raining a little bit. Um, and it, it was a close game in the first half and Idaho city. I think you guys had scored, um, half a minute left, 25 seconds left before halftime kicked off. Idaho city got the ball. And on the last play of the half, Idaho city comes up the far sideline and I don't know for what reason, but the, the ball carrier for, for Idaho city kind of turned around and looked and started to slow down. Cause he thought he had so much space. I don't know if you guys remember this, but very vividly, I don't remember who it was, but somebody came out of nowhere and brought him down about the three yard line. And of any game I have, I thought that that game completely changed in that moment. It was still close at that time. And then you guys just opened the floodgates in the second half after that, just completely poured it on. And, you know, I can't remember if it was a one score game at that point or if it was two and that would have cut it in half or where exactly it was. But um, I just will never forget that play and how you guys turned it on a dime like that. Have you guys find that in your games where you make a play and it just totally changes the complexion of, of your outlook and, and how you're going to go forward with, forward with the rest of the game? Um, so one of the things that we, we like our go-to is, um, we control two things. We control our attitude and our effort. Um, we don't control officials. We don't control what the other team does. We don't control what the weather does. We control our attitude and our effort. And if you give a hundred percent effort and you have the right attitude and mindset, 
um, and and you do those things, um, then the chips fall where they may. Those are the two things that you can control uh, is what we tell our guys. Um, so if, if you do those two things on every single play at every practice at all the time, you know, um, we expect that we'll have a positive outcome most of the times. And on a side note, that was my nephew <laughs> playing for Idaho City. That was him. Oh, no. Yeah, that's my oh. nephew. And uh, he, uh, I, I give him a hard time. He's just slow. I don't think he was trying to try to look back. He's just slow. Kieran Mraz, a pretty, pretty good senior linebacker, ran him down. I, I I just remember looking at it thinking, wow, he's going to score. And then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, here comes a, a, a blue ball of fire from notice down the field and brings him down. I just, I mean, it seemed like he was 20 yards behind the play. It was, uh, I, I tell people about it still to this day. It was still one of the, it was, it was wild to see right there. Definitely. Well, uh, I, I, I think it's kickback for me. <laughs> oh, it's robot Logan voice. It okay, is. it is. Well, uh, before we wrap up, I, I wanted to say thank you to both Joe and Carter Woodland for coming on. I'm really excited to see Notice football this fall. Carter, you are such a fun athlete to watch. You're always uh, we get we get emails, you know, for you know athletes of the week and things like that. And Carter, you're in there every week uh, for track and football, so it's really fun. To, to watch you week in, week out. And um, I'm just going to mute them for a second. Uh, so there we go. We got you back. Um, so thank you both for coming on. And good luck this summer as well. I'm, I'm really excited to watch uh, Notice Football this year. Hey, thank you guys very much. Good to talk to you. Good to see you. And appreciate you guys coming out and doing our games. Thank of you. Of course. Yeah, hopefully, I think we usually try to be there for that that eight man classic there at Middleton that first week. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see you guys there for that one. Yeah, for sure. Yep, should be a good time. All right, Joe Woodland, Carter Woodland from Notice High. Thanks for joining us here on the Treasure Valley Prepcast. All right, Logan, there we go. Uh, off season yeah. interview done. Um, I really love putting the spotlight on these smaller communities like Notice. Oh yeah. You know, there's probably, let's be honest, there's probably people in Boise that don't know where Notice is, right? No, I mean, I talk to people here. I live in Middleton, and they're like, where's Notice? And I'm like, it is literally, you just drive down Main Street for about 10 minutes, and you're in Notice. Yeah. And like, oh, I didn't realize there was another town out there. But no, it's it's Notice is a fun place to go. If you are in the Treasure Valley and need to hit up a football game on Friday night and you want to go somewhere different, Notice easy drive, great environment. Um, it's a fun place to be to watch a football game. Yep. All right. Well, stay tuned to idahosports.com this fall. I'm sure you'll see notice a time or two on our broadcast mm -hmm. schedule and you'll get to see Carter Woodland in action using all those tools in the toolbox that he talked about. All those. I want to see backwards. the pile, the pile drive. If he doesn't use it on a game I'm doing, I'm calling him out on it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to this off-season edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast. We'll be back with more coverage next time. Until then, for Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for watching or listening on IdahoSports.com.